should you decide to accept it. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 8 of your mission today. We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's album, Folklore. That was my, this was my pick. You're a monster. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think it was actually, it afforded me the opportunity to, like, do some deep thinking. At least what I thought was deep thinking. And for that, I'm grateful. Not, it's not that engaging, so it frees you up. For that, I'm grateful. I don't know, Ryan, you want to hit him with some facts about this album? <laughs> uh, facts. <laughs> some facts? Even some, what would be better is if you hit him with some al- alternative facts uh, about this album. I think I would prefer that Alternative even. facts? Sure. Yeah. Um, but regular facts. I think it's like been the number one record for the last six weeks, maybe even more. And Really? Showing no signs I- of tailing off. Yeah, I think you're in a better position to hit him with facts on this than I am. <laughs> so, um, it came out this year. It was it was a, a secret. It just like suddenly showed up, as is the routine. I think of many pop stars these days. Like they don't do like any promotion, and then they just hit people up secretly. I think I feel like Beyonce's album did that. And I don't know. Mm. But yeah, she did the whole hit him, surprise them. The producer, co-producer. Right, co-writer of this record is what the hell's his name from the National? Aaron. Yeah. Aaron something or other that. from the National. <laughs> yeah, you you figure it. You Google this shit. You figure it out. Um, yeah. Which Aaron Desner is that right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Aaron that's right. Desner. Which honestly, it, it was not. It it wasn't like oh now I'm gonna listen to the record, but it was. Interesting. That I found, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the thing that I found interesting about that is that I don't really have much of her music to compare it to. So I found myself like rolling back on, wow, this is a song that sounds like the national. This sounds like it's a uh, not quite a national song. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm going to come clean. I'm not a, I'm, I haven't been a fan in the past. Like when you have when you have kids and you have an eight year old girl, like it's impossible never to just even accidentally hear it. Like they have, we have an Echo Dot and they have, they like play songs on Alexa all the time. I've probably heard Shake It Off like more times than I would care to. And like <laughs> there was another one, there was another one, Reputation. I think it was what it was called, Big Reputation or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just the, all these songs that like, like they're. I think I assume uh, they're huge hits, but just genuinely, I've stopped listening to the radio f- for a long. It's been a long time. I don't even have a place where I can even listen to the radio except the car, and I'm not listening to the radio in the car. So it's been a long time since like I've been listening to the radio, and I think that's probably that in the grocery store where like the places where I might catch her music being played. And I feel like her music is not even right for the grocery store. It's like a little too, I don't know, generally like energetic. <laughs> and I think at the grocery store, they want to like pacify you, like not make a scene. Like they're not trying to put music that's going to pump you up right now. Yeah, they're constantly trying to discourage a food fight because there's just a ton of food that isn't yours around you. So all grocery stores <laughs> are just waiting for right. the next food fight to break out. Yeah. So yeah, so I've just had no excuse to listen to her stuff except 
except my daughter playing it, and she would hear it, like she's heard it like from her friends or at school or whatever. Is Josephine a fan? Oh, she likes that song. She also, as is as is, I think common when you have kids, like they they learn how to troll you, and she definitely played that song to spite me or troll me because she knows I don't like Taylor Swift. So. So there's that. I mean, she's not like a big fan or anything like that. I don't think she's ever seen her or know anything about her image or anything like that. So yeah. maybe what? Maybe maybe it would be good to, or maybe I'm curious. I mm -hmm. guess like why did you choose Taylor Swift this week? Since you're not a fan. Yeah. And we are clearly not fans. Yeah. Why did you do why? this to us, why? is what she's saying. Yeah, why, why indeed? What have we done to you? Okay, we've I, probably done plenty of things. Listen, but. Yeah. maybe it's curiosity. Maybe it's like this thing that like we've all assumed universally is going to suck. Maybe it's just we find out it's true. I don't know. I'm yeah. curious. Yes, yeah. I think you got to the heart of it, really. For me, it's just it's a couple maybe of we've been in our Maybe we've been in our comfort zone for too long. Like, we've just been reviewing music we already know that we like or are... Probably likely to like. Yeah, I think that's well, and, part of it. I, I think for sure that's and, part of it. And, and it was like there's definitely the challenge of not just going with the groupthink opinion on Taylor Swift and giving the album its due. That was certainly that she was a challenge, need, but but yeah, it found value in it. Certainly, she doesn't need any more publicity or anything like that. A couple a couple reasons I'm thinking. Right again, I'm I'm just processing this out loud. Like one, it is the number one album in the country, probably in the world, if I had to guess. And it's probably a, a BTS album. That's not far <laughs> from it. Yeah, so it's we're like a music podcast. We should every once in a while maybe check in with the music that like maybe billions of people are listening to. <laughs> uh, yeah, just so, there be monsters, man. No, so no. so that's yeah, why. that yeah, that's a that's definitely a different approach. Of, it, what I would do if I if my time and decisions were my own. So 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 there's yeah there's definitely the curiosity piece right. So you don't really know until you do it or you go there. And believe me that I'm not like one of these people that thinks that if I close the door the outside world disappears and my only experience of like reality is like my perception right. Obviously I'm not one of those people, but. I do know that there have been enough times I've noticed that like the world says something about something and it's not right. And, but what is the world saying about this record? It's If you look online, it has pretty universal acclaim. I think even like Super Indie Snob Pitchfork gave it an 8 of 10, which is like pretty high. And it's pretty, pretty cross-board universally acclaimed. But like for people our age, I think without even thinking, it's like pretty universally, fuck that, I'm not gonna listen to that. So that's interesting to me, like the contrast of everyone except like maybe our group of like music nerds that like listen to music like from 20 and 30 and 40 years ago, like, or more. That's interesting to me, this like dichotomy. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I like to, I wanted to shake it up. I like it for, no, no pun intended. Shake it off is what she did, but whatever. I wanted to shake it up. Like I wanted to like try to think about, it's a challenge, right? Like it's a challenge. Like it's not music I would listen to in any other context. So, you know, why not? 
Yeah. So no, no malice. Or we're cool. It's all good. I I, I hope it's it wasn't. It wasn't I, w- I hope it wasn't like too terrible. And I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I, I I made it through the album. It wasn't so terrible that I like completely backed off and was like, no, nope, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> That's good. There's definitely a section of the album that didn't get like the sound wasn't properly distributed there's three or four tracks in a row that i think happened that i really wasn't hearing the the stop between the tracks and thought i was on like a 12 minute track oh, um that's so true, that's so true. <laughs> but, i was like how like, fucking long is this song my god yeah and then, and then the odd thing is, it's, it's, I think all that got broken up with a song that was very, like, traditional, or still, I feel like everything is flavored with, like, pop sensibility, but there was a harmonica and guitars, and it, it suddenly it seemed like a pop country album, which is the thing that I found myself having to remind myself of, that that's where she came from was, like, yeah. she was, like, the maybe the crossover like pop country artist yeah and and it i don't know anything about that i just i've read that and i remember at the time because like nashville i swear they like produce like a bazillion of these like young starlets and then they just kind of get you know eaten up by the industry so but like nashville is a hollywood right there's not really a place uh, what do you like? If you want to record a black metal album, are you going to go to Norway? Probably not. Right? <laughs> like, like if you want to record, like it would be fun, but you don't have to, right? <laughs> you can still record a lot of these sounds, like at home, right. because there isn't a real like mecca for the thing called black metal, right? Or like, you want to talk hip hop? Like, there's not really a place where you go to record it. I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, um, I don't think the analogy unless, I'm trying to make is working, but... <laughs> unless you're recording music for fish and you have to go underneath the sea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to make a joke about going to Vermont. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought, if that's the direction you're going in, I was like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like, Nashville has a draw that other places don't for a type of music. And I think like a lot of people that, you know, maybe it's an archaic thing, but I think a lot of people that want to do country music are migrating to Nashville. So having this like plethora of kind of pop country, I don't want to say trash. That that seems like I'm just (laughs) denoting like someone's hard work. Yeah. but like these guys are working hard to do a thing like right. it's maybe not the most creative it's maybe not like game changing they're working musicians and taylor swift in particular sells a ton of records like people can be very wrong about things but it works like it works for her and she can change the sound a little bit and play with it a little bit and it still works right this is maybe this is more traditional like this is more in line with my taste of Americana country than any of the other music I've heard her put out. And maybe that's associating with Aaron Desner. It makes me think of, there's a girl, I'm not going to say her name. There's a girl we went to high school with. I was just Googling that because I was going to 
suggest we should watch that in the after party. Maybe we'll watch it in the after party. I think maybe we should. But uh, maybe she did make a country record. Record? There's a whole record. At least one song. And I think there were a couple. I think there were maybe a couple that came. But I don't know. And it's capitalizing on the sound. There's a lot of like modern country music or pop country music that is here is a sound and that sound is working and we're going to make records like this right and i think that's a very traditional approach to music that like we try and make a bunch of things that sound like this because people like this sound i don't like that's just not how i really consume music I don't look for other bands that sound like other bands. I look for like people doing something interesting with other band sounds. Right. Um, and this is a very, for me, this is very like in the places where it sounds like something else I like, it yeah. doesn't feel like it's expanding on that. It feels like it's watering that down a bit. Okay. Jenny, what were your, so what were your like kind of initial vibes what was it just all hell was it like there were there pieces that were interesting were there aspects of it that were interesting i'm gonna back it up a little further than that and start with i guess my what i was expecting going into it i think the most i have ever heard taylor swift is like the two or three times a year i would go to dc and like riding around ubers would hear it on the radio or like in Chris's parents' car, hearing on the radio. And I cannot recall anything for probably the last, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years that I have liked that she's done. And most mm-hmm. of it's been actively horrible. Mm-hmm. I will confess that I do not actually, I don't like it, but I don't hate one of her very older songs. Was it Love Story or something? It's not terrible. It's like more of the country area era stuff. Okay. And I don't own it. I'm never putting it on of my own accord. But like when I'm forced to hear it, I'm like, eh, it's not terrible. This could have been on your shame EP. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know if I like it enough for that, but yeah. (laughs) So I really didn't know because she has over the years constantly changed her sound. So it went from like a country vibe to all of a sudden being like a hard pop vibe or whatever the fuck she was doing with that one album what was it like where it was just noise mostly i'm sure there's a word for it but i didn't know like where in her many you know faces of taylor swift that this one actually was but i just expected not to like it whatever it was (laughs) and i mostly didn't like it like lewis there's a there's like round about the 10th or 11th song like i try as i might i cannot stay focused it's like my ears do the equivalent of going cross-eyed at that point (laughs) everything everything starts to sound like the same song it sound and and i wrote i made chris listen to it too yeah and i started writing down notes we were doing something in the kitchen nice and i wrote <clears throat> this is what I imagine it would sound like if you told Goldfish to make music. Like, that's just, uh, <laughs> it's rough. It's but, a, so it's but, just not memorable. I no. Mean, it, it, well, okay, let me put it this way. Let me contrast it this mm-hmm. way. And I don't want to take up all the time in the world, but I think it's an important point, and I can't make it any quicker than this. So, mm. for example, in contrast, 
years ago, I was driving home. I was listening to U92, which is WVU's radio station. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what's this song? Like, this song is great. I, and I pulled up to my house and sat there in the driveway and wouldn't get out or turn off the car until like they told, they announced what it was because I was like, I need to go listen to this later. It was Ariel Pink's Butthouse Blondies, which will come as no surprise. But like point <laughs> being, like that shit was arresting. I had no idea what it was. It was just on in the car. And I was like, my God, I got to find that. This was the polar opposite. Much of this was like, I'm, I can't find anything in here to even hang a mild interest on. That being said, there are, as you guys know, there's a few songs on here I don't hate, actually. There's, I, I can comfortably say that there are two that are perfectly fine. I don't hate them. I might even, if they were on around the third or fourth listen, I was actually fine and okay with them. There's two others that are not egregious, but uh, yeah. vast majority of that album is not a thing. So, yeah, to dovetail on your stuff, I also took notes. I took notes, and I'll just go run right through them, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there was not one melody on the whole record that I found memorable. And for me... That's like the just the kiss of death, like for like ever listening, like to this stuff again, pretty much, right? For me again, I'm not, I'm approaching this like somewhat unscientifically, like I'm not a musician. I have I played some music at some point in my life. I, I don't, I'm not like completely stupid about the structure of music, but I'm not I'm not a musician in any sense, and so like for me like. A pop song needs to have a strong melody. If it doesn't have a strong melody, it doesn't work as a pop song. I, I think that's just, I don't know. I feel like that's like pretty much gospel with pop music and there wasn't one. There was not one. And I, I think this was her record where she was like trying to like, she was trying to, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I think she was trying to like be like more adult, I guess. She, I was reading she turned 30 and like she wanted to do something different than the last thing and be more like mature or something like that. So maybe she wasn't really trying to go pop, but damn it, if great folk albums have like catchy songs, I, I just, there wasn't one. So that, that's they what have, I'm saying. They have thoughtful lyrics. Like great folk albums have like reflective, contemplative, like, thoughtful, thought-provoking lyrics. Yeah, and yeah, for me, that dovetails exactly into the next thing for me, which is one of the things that I've heard about her is that she's a really great storyteller and a really great songwriter. And I understand, like, in pop music, right, there's this whole thing about she writes her own songs or, right, that's like a thing, right? And, like, it gives, like, a lens authenticity or it's, like, part of a musician's, like, journey. It's like they're writing their own music. And... I feel like with the Beatles and the Monkees. So the Beatles wrote their own stuff. The Monkees, at least at the beginning, didn't, right? Like, they were, they're like a disposable band and the Beatles are important or whatever, right? So there's this, like, idea of you have to write your own music, you have to write your own lyrics. I just felt like most of the lyrics here are, like, crazy, super cliche. It's one line cliche, next line cliche, next line cliche. Like, 
Literally, yeah. there was a line in here where she said that she was like high in the sky, and I just was like, I, I, I was just like, okay, dude. And we've listened to a lot of different kinds of music over the last couple months here. We've mm-hmm. listened to like Scott Weiland's like talk soup crazy and shit, just jumble words all together. Okay, cool. We've listened to kind of your like bluesy type, like hard times type lyrics. We've <laughs> We listened to all kinds of different stuff. It struck me how thin her lyrics felt. And there was no space on these songs for anything but her voice and the lyrics. There was no like, no solos, no instrumental pieces, no weird transitions, nothing. It was just like the song and her lyrics. And when you, when they take such a forefront, you gotta bring some fucking shit, some better shit than that to me, right? Yeah. She, I, I think there's a big difference between storytelling, which is what great lyricists do in one, and there's no like uniform way to do that. I think lots of folks have achieved that in, in their own unique ways. But what she's doing here strikes me as absolutely nothing more than just describing, and that is not the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah. Not it. Yeah, that was the point that I was thinking about is like, Good lyricists have a way of kind of singing about one thing and intending another. There's like metaphor and simile and there's like complexity. There's, I don't know, There, this is, it's very straightforward. It's like bald faced, right? Like she's singing about what she's singing about and it's not, it doesn't mask some like hidden philosophical depth. It doesn't like cause me to reflect on my own life like it, it it's so I'm gonna it's just there i'm gonna complicate some i'm gonna complicate some of that but let me get to that the, the what i did write down was i wrote her lyrics are the long form version of a hallmark card <laughs> that's a good line that's probably a little bit mean okay so like overall like i felt like the arrangements were pretty tasteful like it maybe a little bit boring but so like for me i think the national is cool but they're not my favorite band in the world i oftentimes find some of their music not super engaging uh just be real katie really likes the national a lot but it's not my favorite band in the world i like the first few albums yeah i i do the national like enjoy the national yeah it's a forlorn feeling but there are a few national albums that i really deeply enjoy so yeah, so I felt like the arrangements were fine. Some were a little more interesting than others. I just never felt like most of the songs go anywhere. Like they just stay at their same kind of yeah. tone, or like they don't build and collapse or fall apart. Like they just do the same thing through that throughout the whole song. I think this her vocal range is like super limited she's not aretha franklin that's for sure and then i thought of like i thought of it i was like that's probably a plus for her in pop because i guess people can sing along to her music easier maybe but just so like her voice as an instrument like just pretty whatever there's like songs that like hint at something interesting but they just fizzle like there were songs where at the beginning like some of the arrangements made it feel a little fuzzy, shoegazy, mm-hmm. beach housey, and then 
just like yeah. nothing and it just kind of goes so there's like a lot of hints and stuff like that and and they just go nowhere i think i agree with you ryan and jenny both of you like there are like several songs that i think are fine like they're good i think decent at least and but the album is like 17 songs long i think like it's 68 minutes long Yo, she needs some less yes people and like some people just being like, yo, you can't put out 17 songs, okay? Like 10, you know? Especially when like four four of them are the same song. Yeah, like you need, you can't put out 17 songs that like a good 10 of them, I really can't distinguish from each other. It's, there's a song, there's a Wu-Tang, there's a Wu-Tang song. This is a odd poll. There's a Wu-Tang song called As High As Wu-Tang Get. It's on it's on the the double album Wu Tang Forever, and the genius Jizza he's like talking shit on other rappers and one of the things he says is yeah half half long twice strong your shit is like too long half half long twice strong and to me it's just like, man she just needs to hear that so someone needs to tell her that make this shit half an hour and make every song is like awesome amazing and goes in different directions goes in different places and i know a lot of musicians what they do is like they string like sometimes they'll write a snippet of a song and then they'll string together pieces of snippets and they'll do it in interesting ways where the song kind of builds and i just feel like none of that is going on and i wonder if she doesn't have if she has her song shake it off i wonder if i wonder if in her mind just anyone that has anything like critical to say is just like a fucking hater (laughs) and like i wonder if it's just like really hard for her to get people to just tell her the truth because i feel like she she really would have benefited from like the album being way shorter and the songs being a lot more considered and yeah i mean mature and all that musically like musical integrity wise i would agree but what's that worth when you've got the number one album (laughs) Right, obviously, like it. Obviously, it's connecting with some people, right? There's no yeah. doubt about that. You can't argue with that. Um, I, I would argue that I, I like my hope for this is that the people that like do really enjoy this, like dig a little bit deeper, and find the stuff that is. She pulls from other sounds, right? There's, I think, on all three of our lists, Cardigan is there, and one of the biggest reasons I like Cardigan. Because it sounds she she is singing like Lana Del Rey, she's singing like in a contralto, like vocal yeah. range yeah. that she doesn't yeah. typically sing in right. through the rest of her songs. And there's something again, there's that forlorn like dark sound that comes from that range and that vocal style that's very appealing. Right, dig into. If you dig Cardigan, dig into some contralto female vocalists. You can find a lot of really good stuff out there, like Amy right. Lennox, Shirley Manson, Brody Daly, like some really solid contralto musicians still making music. Like, like I can see this as being like, it, you don't have to think about it hard. You don't have to really like, it just plays in the background and it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not doesn't cause discomfort because it doesn't cause pleasure <laughs> yeah yeah the contrast yeah, is like turned the, down one of the things that was really notable about cardigan is that it was one of the few songs maybe one of two really that i that i just was like oh my god there's an a mildly interesting rhythm here 
and there's also the song switches it up it's not like the same right two yeah it's like just repeated over and over again and it's a song that all of us picked and I, I i know that i'm sure that's part of the reason right it's just like, yeah i mean guys it wouldn't be me on this podcast if i didn't point out that that is her sweater song it's titled cardigan so. <laughs> literally also Note that we all had seven on there too, which seven was my right behind Cardigan. Seven was the 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 next song that I felt like had that same. Oh, there's actually something mildly interesting right, musically right, right. Yes. going on here, yeah. um, which is more than I can say for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, I think there's a reason why there's like a bunch of overlap in our picks. Okay, I had this, just I had this dawn, like just this realization, and it it, compl- it dawned on me when I was listening and I realized this was my deep, this is my deep thought contribution to this like conversation. Okay. So we were talking about the lyrics. We were talking about, and I really thought like, how is it that people think that she's like a great storyteller or whatever? And I just think that she should is like so thin. Right. And there's just nothing there. And you can just say, well, just people are dumb or whatever. But to me, it was like worth like exploring. And so like apparently a bunch of these songs are like about like paparazzi shit so there's a song like there's a song where she talks about i can't remember which one it was because they all like blend but there's a song where she's talking about this dude who like apparently owns her publishing like before a certain i don't know album that she put out and she's been fighting to get her publishing back from this guy and it's like a secret and then there's songs there's songs where she refers to kanye west or there's like lines where she refers to kanye west there's there's like the whatever the american last great american dynasty or whatever that one is it's a song about yeah me too it's a song about where apparently she bought this house of this like old rich family and then got sued and all this bullshit and so, and so then I was also reading about some of her earlier songs. And so she did a song like called We're Never Gonna Be Together Again or something like that. And so that song is apparently about like this, some celebrity that she dated. And so she engages in the sort of extra kind of paparazzi celebrity narrative. And then I was like, okay, I think I get it now because it's fucking QAnon. So yeah, I'm comparing her to QAnon. Why? Like <laughs> this suddenly got so much more interesting. <laughs> but like, what is the, like, what is the appeal? Like, what is, QAnon has many appeals, but one of the appeals is it's you're interpreting, like, the document, lyrics, words on Twitter or whatever it is. You're interpreting, and then you're adding, like, this kind of extra textual like layer, like this meta narrative that like connects all these things and allows you to interpret them. And it's fun. It's fun. Like people like decode, try to decode. It's like a real, it's like LARPing, right? It's like a real life, like RPG or. It feeds a fascination with celebrity gossip, right? Like you are like following a narrative in the life of a person who also happens to like make music and release albums and tour. So yeah, it's, I think people get drawn in maybe people got drawn into the drama and then the like taking a stance on the music became like their way to participate in like the ongoing global narrative of the drama 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think so. But- I think so. I think that that explains why I have not. I feel like nothing at all for these lyrics, and why people are well, so passionate about them because I don't engage th- in that stuff. So here's what I, I find funny is that I don't engage with this with her, but if we start doing like a review of like the damned and like the feuds between like them and their management and like the shenanigans they got up to on tour, like like there are threads that I do find very interesting right Right. like the history of the dead kennedys a lot of i do fall for gossip and story around bands that i like i feel like it's just the the way that i get into that is is different she has like beefs right like it's like hip-hop she has like beefs like she has a beef with Katy perry she has a beef with Kanye west she has like all these like things and then in her songs like she like very like thinly veiled like basically talks about them and engages in it and that's i, I don't know it's like i i get it I, I think i get it i think i get it i think and yeah th- this this reminds me of another piece which is her social media following and her fans are like insane and so they will play they will play games essentially online where they will dox like they'll it's team Taylor or whatever, and they'll dox people that don't give her a good review. Like, I think like it was us. right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just, just yeah. Yeah, count down to count down to all my shit being on the internet. Been doing this whole yeah. time. Again, thankfully, obs- yeah. security through obscurity is like our is the name of our game. But uh, but, but yeah, there was like a, a I think it was a woman that wrote a review in the Times. It was a glowing review, but it wasn't glowing enough. It wasn't glowing enough. And these people like Doxter, like people like getting death threats and all kinds of crazy shit. And she, it, this is, it's like, it was very interesting because it made me think about Trump and QAnon. It's been brought up to him all these, like this QAnon shit. And he's basically just, they seem like nice. They seem, they're fans of me, so I like them. And never talking about, and basically otherwise not engaging it directly. She doesn't say anything about these fans that like talk shit on or like dox people or try and protect her. She never comments on any of that stuff. And it's, of course not. Like they basically, they're like her fucking goon squad online. So all that to say, and she does that thing, right? Where she, in many of her songs, she's the victim. like all these people doing all this thing to me and then and then she like but then she'll say it doesn't bother her or like whatever but of course she well, wrote the song obviously it bothers her and so yeah to me it like it made me think of that thing, that song you're so vain and she paints herself in this like with this victim narr- narrative so then her social media following like they're protecting her from being bullied it just like plays into all these kind of like modern like american narratives that explain why I have because I don't buy into most of those so explain why I don't see anything or feel anything and so many people do that's my theory that's my hypothesis I think this whole thing is a pyramid scheme that depends entirely on everyone involved having uh, higher than usual levels of insecurity <laughs> okay explain. I like explain. that explain I like that expound and that, that's fine if the entire whatever fuck you call it. I know Beyonce is what a beehive. I don't know what the Taylor whatever is, but her, y'all can hate if you want. I actively do not mind. The tea room. The tea bags? No, I like tea bags better. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, now, I, look, like, 
there's plenty of music that doesn't change my life and I never even notice it comes out and a lot of people love it and it doesn't resonate with me. And this is one of those albums. Like there, there are certainly songs that are passable as I had to listen to it for the last week because I want to participate in this thing we're doing weekly or yeah. in this case it was two weeks, but it doesn't matter. I'm happy to sit through it for this purpose. I'll never revisit this album. <laughs> Shake It Off was like, Shake It Off comes on occasionally and I can have a couple jokes at the expense of Shake It Off or yeah. like just be silly and, and like somewhat enjoy like the moment that I'm hearing it in and try and have fun with it. This album doesn't even have that. They're not things that I'm like, oh, we can have some fun with like how ridiculous this is. Like my choices of tracks, like, one of the things I realized that I didn't have on is hoax. And the reason I don't have it on my list is because it made my list early and then got cut off because I was like, oh, every early track, it's, I feel like I'm adding the tracks that I can pay attention to that are at the beginning of the album. And then the rest of them just disappear because like I get bored listening to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I added songs like Last Great American Dynasty, This Is Me Trying to Elicit Affairs. And that those are pretty garbage songs. <laughs> that have maybe a snippet of an instrumentation that I enjoy. Yeah. But by and large, I feel like they sum up like the space that Taylor Swift is maybe best at in my head. Yeah. Where it's like this like room of like kind of pop country, like simple. It, it just, the rest of them, I, could, I just couldn't get into it enough to have a good thing to say about it. Like at yeah. least those three, I fit in this realm of what I ex would expect from a Taylor Swift song yeah. and be okay with. Like, it sounds like your EP really is like two songs. Yeah, it's largely <laughs> like, yeah. If I would have had my choice, it would have been like Cardigan and Seven and maybe Hoax should have made it back on mine. But like when we got into songs like through the the latter half of that album, I just it does, I don't know, like it has like a so lull, like, right? Like, like it's just... this is me trying was interesting enough, but the I feel like that's the point where this block of just the same song over and over again happens. Yeah. And it continues from like track nine to track thirteen. All of those tracks sound vaguely the same to me and become uninteresting. Betty is jarring because it's a more traditional instrumentation after and a pleasant release from the hell cycle that was those like four tracks or five tracks. Like it just, yeah, it's really <laughs> just like cardigan seven, I don't know. Can this be over? I, <laughs> See, but, I feel like I like, liked it a little even, bit more than you. Even the like Bon Iver track, and I don't—that's I, I, the other thing I found. I don't really like Bon Iver. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But it felt like a national track. Like all the tracks that I like tend to sound a little bit like a national song watered down one where they're like, yeah, this is okay, but turn it into something else and bring it back. <laughs> Whereas handing it to Taylor Swift was like, oh, all right, this is very different from what I'm normally doing. This will work. Right. That bone of air track felt very much like, all right, we need a, like a kind of a raspy, like male vocal to come in on this. It felt like, and it felt it like sounds like the national. 
It felt like she wrote that song after watching that remake of the oh, um, Stars Born. <laughs> like, well, I listened to I, that, I was like, huh, that's interesting. For me, it felt like they had a recording of him like singing a thing that he had in a notebook. And then they cut it into her track. The melodies that they chose for her, like the counter melodies that she's singing to his voice don't really work that well. When it switches over to her, the song feels completely different. Like Illicit Affairs made my list. I think it's Illicit Affairs because, or maybe it's This Is Me Trying. Sorry, I'm this is my whole point is that yeah. you, it's so yeah. hard to keep them straight. It's so hard. Yeah. My list, my listening notes, like I messed it up the first time through because Chris was like, this is a different song. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's, we've heard three different songs since, <laughs> since you last wrote something. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And then one of my notes like, is like by, I think, what was it? Song number six. It says, Oh, I can actually tell this is a different song. Like that that was notable yeah. enough to write down. So it, it's funny, like illicit affairs, the thing I was thinking about when that song song started playing is like someone listened to Elliot Smith and like <laughs> basically did like a finger styling like acoustic guitar that she's going to sing over. That's like there's very few chords played, it's a lot of arpeggios. It's a lot of just like finger style picking through a song in a way that's very singer-songwriter. And it's still, I don't know, like, like you said, it's, I, I can't tell it from anything else. It sounds different than other things. I'll acknowledge that, but just none of it's, oh my God, I gotta go back to this thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's it. I definitely, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna be replaying this. It's not on the, like, it's not, it's not on my playlist. And there's not one song that's going to come on here that's going to be like... I like to make mixes and things like that. Yeah. No, there's no There are no secret weapons here on this record that are going to make my any of my mixes. <laughs> they're going to pop up later on down the road. It's, it's just eminently forgettable for me. It is funny, though. You mentioned it earlier, and, and it struck me when I first looked at the album. I can't remember if we were on the episode when you mentioned it, but... Like the album cover looks like a black metal album. Like it's <laughs> one person alone in like a foggy forest. And black and like, white. Yeah. yeah, that looks like a she black metal. She should have gone cover. like She should have gone for it and put the put her name and the name of the album on the cover in the black metal like style like font where it's barely comprehensible. <laughs> that would have been interesting <laughs> at least that would have been like oh okay <laughs> she's trying to do black metal here or something uh who knows so, one of the things i forgot about this about taylor swift i guess is that ryan adams apparently covered one of her entire albums yeah yeah dude ryan adams like is a goddamn punk and fuck <laughs> like dude and he did i know why he did that because he wanted to fuck her no joke i'm, I'm not and I'm that, not, that's totally that it's on brand it's on brand the guy like the guy so the yeah. guy not to mention like the fact that he apparently was just like an abusive piece of shit to like an, any number of women allegedly apparently you know, always, always gotta throw that uh always gotta throw that allegedly in yeah, there good hey, you know yeah, come yeah. on we're, it, jenny you gotta keep me on point here yeah um, yeah <laughs> i guess still a hell of a songwriter like that like they're definitely like yeah but ryan adams ryan adams like okay this is the thing with him is so this is like something my dad <laughs> this is a, a term 
and my dad uh, <laughs> like coined right which is like to talk about dudes that just cannot keep it in their pants and make lots and lots of terrible decisions because they just can't keep it in their pants and so he, it was in spanish and he would say es, es, es un pipiléptico so it's a combination of <laughs> epileptic Right? Like, in other words, just has like seizures, he can't control himself. Pee pee, pee That's what he would say. And yeah, that's Ryan Adams, man. He just cannot, he can't fucking do anything without trying to, like, trying to get someone's pants. And like, it's created a situation where he's done many embarrassing, like, things and made many embarrassing decisions in music. And. Yes, that, that yeah. cover album is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I like the old Whiskey Town stuff. I like his first record. Yeah. I even like Cold Roses. That's got some good songs on there. I like. I was listening to Prisoner a couple week, couple weeks ago. Like, I I enjoy his music. Yeah, know? he's got some so, good stuff, yeah. but he's a complete punk. And to me, like, I'm not giving him a pass exactly, but I am in my mind thinking, yeah, it's undoubtedly because he's trying to get him, trying to fuck her. I don't know. That's got to be the reason because. And like in general, like she's attractive and young. So, and also she's a, a woman. It's interesting because her kind of brand has intersected with, I guess what I would call like the girl boss movement. And what's, what, what to me is interesting about all that stuff is like, it's not like, it's not really ever about kind of meaningful, like structural change. It's all about like signifiers always. So it's like, I, I read in the times this past week that some wall street finance firm i can't remember which one i just named their like first female ceo and it was just this article like lauding how she was right for the job and this and that and whatever and like i read that and for me i'm like okay that's great that they have like a, a company where a woman can become ceo that's great but also that's an evil company so like they're evil so i i wish for their downfall actively and i don't give two fucks who's running the company <laughs> like do you know what i mean so it's, it's never about like meaningful like structural change it's always about signifiers and so like for me in some ways she's not advancing music she's just there dude she's just there yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> taking up yeah. taking up like way more taking space, space than necessarily warranted taking up space she's she look she is the she and that, that's the thing when she talks about herself like a victim she's the most successful music act in the world and it's been that way yeah. for years so i'm sorry dude i know we, everyone has their cross to bear but i just can't, i don't feel it i don't feel sympathizing with you as a victim just yeah you're on top you're winning you can't have it both yeah, ways yeah. this is like the ultimate american thing america's yeah. america's just a, a wonderful has this wonderful delusion always, like that we're, like it's like with Star Wars, that we're, like everyone always identifies with the rebellion, and it's just like, no motherfuckers, we're the empire. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are the empire. Like this idea, you can't have your cake and eat it too, pretend you're the rebels and run everything, doesn't work that way. So like for me, like it, it, that, it, her, the, her, the like phenomenon of her like success, like lines up, lines up that way too and and she does hustling and things like that go ahead Ryan. no i was just gonna say you're, what you're saying is her success lines up with the rise of the empire is what you're saying <laughs> is, she is the darth vader of pop music is what <laughs> i just i don't even i'm definitely outside of that and but like within that world it seems that she runs the show and it seems like she it's one of those like she she can according to her like fan base she can never do anything wrong if you 
talk shit about her or don't like her, it's because you're a hater or because you're whatever, like you're a misogynist or I don't know, what, whatever it is, whatever it might be. It, like there's always like a story for why whatever I mean, her output it, isn't, isn't good it, or it wasn't good or whatever. That's it. Like the, the only story here is that it just doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> like it's too hollow. It's too shallow. It's not like it's just it's not like it doesn't have anything that I typically would associate with an album that I spend time with. Yeah, I can listen to it and it's fine and I can move on. It's I, like the Avengers. Like I watched it because it was there and I had, and I had watched other Marvel movies, so I knew the plot leading up to it. So I watched it and then it ended and I haven't gone back to it and, and I haven't spent any time thinking about it and it's fine. And guys, I tried. I really tried. I came with an open mind. Yeah. I wanted to be surprised. It did. I will say it did exceed my expectations. But yeah. that's because my expectations were basically yeah. like yeah. fucking nails on a chalkboard, right? So like my expect. So it, it did exceed my expectations. I tried. I really tried yeah. hard. And to me, like there are pop stars that do interesting things. That sure. like they do exist. Josephine bangs and the fuck out of Lady Gaga. I know a bunch of her songs. There's a lot of her songs that are really weird. Or there's like interesting turns, or even like Gwen Stefani. She loves Gwen Josephine. She loves Gwen Stefani, and I really love No Doubt. And I really some even her some of her solo stuff is really cool. And so I mean, I don't know. I just I wanted to be wrong. I really did. I really I, did. I feel like it almost feels like it. She intentionally pulls the reins back, like. For all the talk of like Taylor Swift doing something new and different with a variety of albums, it always feels like she doesn't actually fully commit to doing something different and having it come out different. There's always seemingly the thread of appealing to her base because that's safe and then working in some other sounds that don't take up too much space and don't change the formula too much so it still sells. And whether that's her driving it or a management or a label, in the end, like, she pulls some interesting components of better music. And if this is the way that someone finds that better music, good on you. Like, if, like anybody can get to anything by a very circuitous path these days. There's a lot of like yeah. cross influence in music. You're going to hear a thing and you're going to wonder like who produced it or who played that lick or whatever. And that's going like following that thread can take you to a more valuable place than this by itself. And it's not because she's incapable I feel like she has really good control of her voice. She has a really good understanding of her sound. For whatever reason, she's tethered to a persona or a, like a delivery that is her like core sound. And while she may play in some other spaces, she doesn't actually experiment in other things. It's a way to take this other sound and apply it to what she's already doing 
in an acceptable fashion. And if that's not her and that's coming from somebody else, I would imagine that there would have been a breakout by now. Like you get <laughs> artists that exist in that space and break out to something else in some kind of rebellion. It like does... even like bands like Incubus push back against what's their accepted sound and do a new thing. It's not always good, but bands there's a change. Bands and music actually like they sometimes they find their sound or they find the thing that like makes them special and it sometimes takes a long time. Yeah. The comparison, here we go, to go back to a couple of weeks ago or several weeks ago with with Michael McDonald, right? Like, he was in the Doobie Brothers, and then, like, over time, he had to make that super smooth, like, Yacht Rock shit, that, and that was his, like, lane. Like, it, he, it took him, like, several music projects and many years to get there. And for those of you that don't like Michael McDonald, I'm sorry. But... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but take a, let's take a band like Pantera that were basically like, like a glam like metal band until like Cowboys from Hell, right? Like it took them a while to get to their sound, and then when they found their sound, like they ran with that and made a bunch of classic records like in metal. Yeah, I just she's how many albums in at this point? Like ten? A, a, a bunch, a bunch, and I think this was supposed to be like one of those. Oh, she's like doing something. Like she's transitioning to this new. This is what I read on yeah. online, and I just don't. I don't see that. Try, try again. I would just say try again, man. Is that that? I mean, half long, twice strong. That wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, like change. If you really want to change stuff, you've got to commit to the change. And um, there's a lot of sounds in this that she could have committed to that I genuinely believe could have come out better. And I feel like, like at every opportunity to commit to a new thing, there's the like fear and like pulling the reins back and it's back into safety zone. And I don't know what that is. I, I don't know enough about the recording and I don't care to look. I want to make <laughs> that clear. It's not interesting enough for me to care to dig into it i'm trying to find some kind of like narrative that i've made up on my own and i'm fully aware of that that makes this okay because i don't have enough time to care enough about shitting okay like <laughs> that was one long way of saying i don't care <laughs> let's move on <laughs> yeah yeah jenny, for sure jenny yeah. do you have any should we talk about any of the songs? Do you have any other? Do you have any closing thoughts? Because I actually do. I have a closing message to the world uh, that I, I want to close with. So if, if you have anything songs wise or other thoughts wise, go for it. Songs wise, my four are what they are. I don't have anything more to say about them than I haven't already said, except for that. Obviously, if I were really being judicious, the the last two would not be there. But given a benefit of a doubt, they right, were there because right. yeah, yeah, yeah. a two song EP would be a really fucking short EP. Thoughts? I listen. Here's the thing. I'm trying real hard to walk that line of just not shitting on stuff for the sake of shitting on it. But yeah. all I'll say is. Along the same lines, I think, of what we've been saying mostly all night, which is that there's a lot of stuff out there, and much of it is better than this. If this is your thing, that's great news, because there's a lot of stuff out there that's better than this. So, <laughs> like, great. the world is your fucking oyster, man. That's great news. It, yeah. It, that's funny. Is an interesting thing, that, like, an interesting perspective you brought up there, because it is, so when, there's a lot of stuff online now of reaction videos to music, right? And, like, you watch some of these reaction videos and, like, 
just the joy that a lot of these people like express when they're listening to something new that I know is good. I know is awesome. And like just the joy of like them listening to it for the first time. I'm like super jealous, man. <laughs> like I'm like super jealous because that is like a, a special thing, right? There's like tons of reaction videos. There's one, I think I mentioned this before. There's like a guy who does a reaction video to Freebird. And because we got to mention Freebird at least one time in this podcast. Um, can, it, can you imagine <laughs> a world where like the first time you listen to Freebird is for a reaction video? Like... I, I know we're from West Virginia. Yeah, dude, but like... this dude was like, this dude is this dude is a, a black dude from Atlanta, from the city, yeah, all grew up his whole life with, like, hip-hop and R&B. And, and as I know, like, in, in, like, big cities on the radio, there's just, you're either listening to that, those kinds of stations, or you're listening to the other kinds of stations, and the other kinds of stations are disappearing. Like, hip-hop and R&B radio is still, like, a real thing. So it it didn't surprise me or blow me away that he was just like, I've never heard this before. It, none of it surprises me, dude. We live in a world where you don't have to listen yeah. to anything you don't want to, ever. I guess that's true. You know? I guess that's true. I just, yeah. I was like, so jealous like, of him, man. Cause, and he brought a different perspective. We'll have to watch, maybe we'll, we'll watch it in the after show. But like he brought this different perspective to it, which is like, he was listening to the lyrics. He was like jiving with it and listening to the lyrics. And he was like, oh man, this guy's like on some pimp shit. Because the lyrics are like, like I'm leaving, yeah. sorry, I'm Freebird, right? All that stuff. He's oh, this is, he's on some pimp shit, which again I've never put it in that context at all. And so then, and then as he's listening to the solo, and I was just like, it's just you're so jealous. So yeah, you're totally right. If this is all you listen to, what a world you have to like discover yeah. and see and find. You yeah, know? I, I think that's that's my most positive takeaway too. It's like, if you dig this, find the things that you like. Dig into those sounds. There are a lot of other people making those sounds. And I don't know what her release schedule is. Maybe you've got a year before another album. Maybe you've got two. Like, in that space, you can really expand some interesting horizons. And you can still love Taylor Swift on the other side if that's your thing. That's fine. It just, there's more depth out there. There's more interesting things out there and expand it a little bit. Okay. Of course, now this, all this that we've been talking about is probably going to take a little bit of the wind out of my message at the end here. Message. Nice. Yes. <laughs> message. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I was thinking about this because I agree with you, Jenny. I don't want to be like in the business of talking shit to just, just to talk shit. I didn't really like this record and, and like, I want to like send a message out there to the world that like diffuses like the whole hater shit or whatever. So just with with kindness, with love and affection and humility, because again, I'm not a musician, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an amateur bringing an amateur perspective here. It's a, like I mentioned before, it's not terrible. It exceeded my expectations for what it's worth. I think for my younger folks that, I, that are in my life, younger people that I know, I think I get it. I think I understand I'm not I don't participate in celebrity culture or celebrity gossip I, I don't know it's just not very interesting to me but I think like the realization I had made me like understand that like there are layers to this shit that I don't understand and it's like and there there are so many pieces of media that I engage with that I do understand those extra layers and then if I'm watching it with someone else and they don't 
Like, I get annoyed. Oh, you don't know the connection to this, like, 1943, like, film noir or whatever. There's, there are, I know that there are multiple layers here. And, you know, respectfully, I don't know what those layers are. Like, I've read online little bits and pieces, but I respect that there's another layer. I think I understand. And, like, the reality is when I was, like, younger and listening to music, there are a lot of bands that, there are a lot of bands that introduced me to other cool stuff that I still like, but they were critical to like expanding my horizons. To me, like a big band that was like that was the, the Smashing Pumpkins. They're good in their own, but I remember listening to Siamese Dream and there are parts of Siamese Dream that sound like almost like alien, like there's so many layers of guitar. And I really loved that. I love that weird sort of sound. Then I went to college and I listened to My Bloody Valentine and I was like, oh, I get it. This is where they, this is where they got that sound. These are the originators of that sound. And, and same thing with Nine Inch Nails. They introduced me. Nine Inch Nails, I think, Ryan, you had all these, like, imports of, like, singles. And, like, on one of the imports, there was, like, track, like, three, four, five, whatever, remix. And it was a remix that we listened. I remember you had it on one of these imports. We would listen to it, and we were like, what the fuck is this? It sounded like nothing else. It sounded, like, completely out there. And, like... Years later, we found out it was Aphex Twin. And, and or, or songs like Dead Souls, where they're covering, it's off of The Crow, and they're covering Joy Division. Right, right. Like, right. Or, yes. like I didn't have a line to Joy Division that wasn't through Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, time. Marilyn Manson covering, like, Annie Lennox. All the, and, and so they're, like, definitely bands that introduced me to sounds that then later on I did the deep dive and got into it. Okay, cool. I know that there are people, and probably those people don't really listen, wouldn't really be interested in this podcast, that like don't really think about music too much. It's just like there. It just it is what it is. I know that I know some of those people. They just it's just not really that important in their lives, and they're fine. Like basically, Taylor Swift is easy and it's fine. So like, cool, yeah. put it on. All right, I get that too. I don't. I I I respect it. I don't quite understand it because for me the effect that music has had on my whole life is it's a drug. Yeah. Like I put on music and it puts me into a state and you can put some music on and it'll like emotionally manipulate you into one state or another, like to the point where I have to really be careful about listening to music. There's certain music I can't listen to in certain circumstances or else it's going to fuck me up. And so, so that to me is the way that I've always framed like my understanding of music. So I can't just put on music and then like just, not pay too much attention to it or just it be in the background and I don't care. All right. So all that said, like for people that are my age or let's say in their thirties and, and people that care about music, and this is something you really like, like the, the thing I say respectfully and with kindness is keep digging, go down the rabbit hole, keep looking because your life is going to be better because I think that the drugs that you are doing are too fucking stepped on, man. They're too watered down. Like they're not good enough. Like they're like like you need to find the good shit, like the uncut shit, that fine Colombian, as Steely Dan likes to say. And you you need to go there and you need to fucking look for that because your life is going to be better. It, it it will be. Like I promise you. And that, it's not out of snobbery. It's just I know that there's stuff out there that's more interesting, has more depth, goes in different places, goes places that Taylor Swift cannot go as like a commercial product, as a commercial entity. 
So go out there and look for the good shit. Find the yeah. good shit. It's so easy to do. It's like, it's 2020. It's so easy. When we were yeah. kids, it was so basically impossible. It was like a minor miracle. Like, yeah. to find You had to, like, music. know, you had to know a guy who knew a guy. That's right. Who had, like, you know, <laughs> Who had managed yeah, I mean, to stay up till midnight and hit record on the tape player at just the right time. Yeah. Dude, I... And you wanted to talk about Stepped On. Like, how many bands did I discover because there was a compilation album that had one of their tracks or, like, a greatest hits that was available in the few places I had to shop for albums? Like, that shit was Stepped On. Like, that shit was, like not the artistic vision that came out at the time but you just gotta follow the thread follow the thing that you find enjoyable plenty of other people are doing it and are doing it in different ways and you may find something that you like more or less doesn't matter you can continue to enjoy this if this is your thing that's your thing i'm not gonna hate on that unless you're listening to music it's like yeah, reading real. a book, right? I don't care what you read. Just pick up a goddamn book. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, but yeah. if you like, but if you like, if if maybe that book is all nice. right, Let's see it. can you do it? <laughs> if maybe that book is okay. Like maybe it's okay. I gotcha. Here we go. All right. Like Here it let's is. imagine that this book is like that. This album is like the Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. I remember reading the Fountainhead. But it was like uh, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen. And so I feel like it's like a book where like young teenage boys read it and they learn lots of terrible, horrible lessons and like Ayn Rand's like a complete piece of shit. But it's the same reason you would like Catcher in the Rye. It's like a special guy. Howard Rourke is like a genius architect. Everyone in the world is like trying to like bring him down and, and then he doesn't let it happen because he blows up the building. It's, okay, you read it because it appeals to you in that way that those kinds of things appeal to you when you're 13 but Ayn Rand is a terrible writer so if you're into that kind of narrative then you might go read Salinger who's a far better writer then you might and then Salinger might take you down the path of like I don't know like a Frank Herbert then you read Dune which is about the son of a duke right who is involved in like this off-world planet and looking for spice and then you go down the rabbit hole and that allows you to discover all of these other amazing like books and then you start like reading then you start reading the classics and you start reading like Fitzgerald then you start reading weird science fiction you start reading and and then the tentacles and and your life is better your life is better like your drugs are good right your <laughs> life is not like life is too short to be doing bad drugs you that's true take, you this is the good ones that may I mean, be that we've no got, one we've can got like an hour in <laughs> yeah, we're an hour in. That's the most useful statement. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, any anybody else final thoughts? Are we? Can we close this? Yeah. Let's close the book. On, let's on close folklore? the. Let's close the book. Okay. Don't let folklore be your fountainhead. Try something. Try better. Or drugs. you know, yeah. Don't let it be your your baby laxative. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't let it be yeah. your. Don't let it be your like whippets that you look, bought at a fucking yeah. you know food supply store or something like. <laughs> look, you you thought you were buying like, you thought you were buying like intricate pop country and Americana, and what you bought was stepped on with baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> too many sticks, too many seeds. Right. Too, Go you know. chase Steve Earle for a little bit and get that pure shit. Like. <laughs> 
So I, I feel like normally we save the like album announcement for the after party. Uh, let's do it now. Uh, let's do it now. What are we yeah. listening to, man? So, it's your turn. So this one's my pick, and I need a palate cleanser. Yes. What I want to listen to next week is an album that came out. We're going back to the 90s. It may not be an album that any of us knew anything about in 1993 when it came out. It's an album I learned about much later from a band that I don't know if we had any way of finding. It is The Headcoats, and the album is The Good Times Are Killing Me. Okay. This is this is UK garage rock rockabilly, which I think can lead to some really fun areas of discussion, like the Cramps and Hasladkins. And it's just, it's fun. It's high energy. It's fun. It feeds a lot of really good rock and roll. This, like the other half of this would be if we have some time, if you have some time and have access to it, you should check out one of their live albums called The Sounds of the Baskervilles. Oh, that yeah. was the album that I was introduced to the yeah, head yeah. coats on. Yeah. But the cool thing about that is like, they're, the head coats have a, a female counterpart called the head coatees. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And they both play on the sounds of the Baskervilles. It's great. As an added bonus, if you dig up a documentary called the what was it the wild billy childish yeah alonzo yeah, yeah. you might be wild able to billy childish yeah, yeah that's right wild wild billy childish is the front man of the head coats great documentary really fun garage rock band album dropped in 1993 i didn't find out about it for another seven years I, so least. i've not I've, so, not listen, I've not listened to that particular album i am familiar with either. the head coats T-H-E-E, by the way. And uh, they're fun. That's exciting. They're super fun. I, I generally love maybe like Stray Cats, like a side, like Revival, Garage Rock. Or hey, there, there's even some Stray Cat songs that I can... Yeah, no, for sure. But to me, I like the stuff that like takes it forward, fuzzes it out, or and, and isn't just... Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But, 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 but yeah, yes, I'm excited. And, I'm, and I'm excited. I think this this will be a lot of fun. This will be different than what we've had in the past, and the world's different from Taylor Swift. So <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be like gin, ginger after really good sushi. Okay. All right. Uh, that sounds good to me, Jenny. Sound good to you? On it. I already uh, Googled yeah, it up, so nice. I can. So, hey, I have a question, though. Is this a band that would play in Morgan? I feel like this is a band that would hit Morgantown, like, from time to time. The is head, that, yeah. The is that head true? Coats? I don't know if they ever played Morgantown. Okay. I mean, I learned about them through one of my homies in the area. Shout out to Brandon Jones. Oh, um, yeah, Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. But, yeah, he turned me on to all I, kinds of cool surf and all but, sorts of stuff. But they are, like, their presentation is that of, for those of us, like, in the chat or in the group here, much 123 Pleasant Street, like, really solid small bar band. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And we'll get to talk about some really fun, like, genre components that, that maybe we don't get to talk about in a lot of other spaces. So nice. I think it'll be really good. Okay. So let's take The Good Times Are Killing Me and make it a Okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Thank you, guys.